Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the Fantasy Feast podcast. My name is Curtis. My name is Cajun. And we are your fellow fantasy files tuning in today to uh, go over chapter six of Theft of Swords, Revelations by Moonlight. Um, sorry, we are a little late getting this out. Um, we are recording a day late due to the struggles of real life, you could say. Right? I mean, I had homework and Cajun has a child. Well, I have a child too, but Cajun's child was a little bit of a pill and my homework was being a little bit of a pill. So it's true. Which, by the way, I uh, submitted that assignment and it uh, got deleted. So, <laughs> like, two thirds of it is gone. And it was like, oh, wow. I had like two pages of references for it that I have to I have to go find all those references again. Uh, so I spent most of today just being super depressed and uh, I'm still a little bit depressed. <clears throat> but was it was it your professor that did it? No, no, I don't know why uh, it happened. It didn't save. My computer didn't save my work before I submitted it online. So luckily I have some extra time to submit it, but I just, I'm just yeah. mad at myself. I, I mean, don't know what happened. I was about to say, maybe your professor is listening to the podcast and was so busy listening mm-hmm. and reading that he just mistakenly deleted them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I could only hope. Professor, <laughs> professor exactly. you, if you're out there listening to this, man, <laughs> good for you yeah. give me give me some extra credit for doing doing amazing work on a podcast all right so revolution <laughs> let's get into this revelations by moonlight what did you think of this chapter <clears throat> this was honestly probably one of my favorite chapters thus far mm-hmm. a lot happens and i like how it's um kind of sectioned up in like little uh, I don't know what what you call it sections or like little sub chapters even mm-hmm. but I mean there's a little indication within the chapter that kind of splits it off and then it goes into somebody else's story and then it splits off and goes back into another story so it kind of this chapter kind of jumps around and I think I like that because it, it keeps the story interesting and uh, it kind of keeps it rolling fast so yeah, I like it yeah um, so we start we... out with, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, you're fine. I, I was just gonna say the same thing. We're we're with in this first section. We're with Princess Arista, <clears throat> and we haven't really dealt with her in a while. So I, I was actually kind of glad to, because I want to know more about her character. And and this chapter, um, really draws her character out, and we, I, I kind of like her more now because of this chapter. Mm-hmm. because really because we learn more about her yeah well yeah we do we learn a lot about a lot more about arista um and it, so the chapter starts out and we're talking we we have arista um and percy braga her uncle who has mm-hmm. called her into his office i think is that right yeah, so he's called her into his office. She comes in, yeah. and he pretty much starts this interrogation about like how the <laughs> the, the thieves escaped. Yeah, because I mean it. <clears throat> it's so it's pretty obvious. I, I would think. I mean, the the plan was really good, but she was basically the last one that saw them before they escaped. So right. Obviously, she probably maybe had something to do with it. I mean, yeah, um, she didn't cover her tracks very well. No, she she managed to get them out of the out of the castle, but she didn't cover her tracks very well. And Percy Braga is kind of onto her, and he's like, mm-hmm. "You helped these you you tied up the the monks, you left them in there alone, and you released the prisoners before leaving, and uh, you basically helped them escape." And she's basically she just says it was stupidity on her part she just lost her dad mm-hmm. yeah. um and what did you think of the way she's kind of acting in this first part of the chapter she's acting i want to say she's acting like she's acting the part of the person who wants to usurp the throne 
<clears throat> that's true because she says, you know, she holds up the robe, um, um, Ulrich's robe with the arrows in it. Yeah. That those guards had sh- shot the arrows through, and it was a scarecrow or dummy or whatever <clears throat> in the boat. Um, so she has that, and she she's kind of assuming that he's dead or playing the part of assuming that he's dead. And, you know, she, she's kind of acting like, yeah, she's the queen, you know? So when she got one of these lines was like, uh, something about getting back to her duties as queen or whatever. And, um, her uncle Percy was basically like, well, you're not queen yet, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he, and he's not going to, he's not going to accept the fact that she's queen until he actually has a body in front of him. Yep. Until I have his body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which that makes sense. And, and at first you're kind of like, Oh yeah, this guy's got his head on straight. You know, he, that's a good thing to do because there are so many stories where the, the rightful heir to the throne is alive and they never received a body, but they just assume that they're dead. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the lion King Simba. (laughs) <laughs> he thought he was dead, but he's That's not. That's a classic. You know? I was thinking he comes, was he comes thinking, back, and yeah, I was thinking like Wheel of Time, but I don't think you've read those, so I'm not gonna go into that. There's a character that is is presumed dead by like all the other characters, and she she mm-hmm. is not dead. Um, she's just like yeah. in hiding. But yeah, until I have his body, Arista, I must consider your brother alive. As such, he is still the rightful heir, and I'll continue to do everything in my power to find him, regardless of your, your interference. I owe that much to your father, who entrusted me with his position, with this position. So, at this point, are you thinking, what do you think of, like, how Braga is acting? Do you, do you I mean, we don't know who had Amrath killed at this point. <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> and at this point um i mean we we do know that it was the dwarf right because uh-huh. that's because so ezra Haddon kind of said well it's the dwarf and i mean that's what he said he's a wizard he's pretty knowledgeable so we kind of assume that he's telling the truth he connects the dots mm-hmm. yeah um but of course somebody hired the dwarf most likely Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, anyways, like, I, it, he said it was the church that wanted that wanted mm-hmm. him dead, but it, that's a pretty broad statement. So, who was the one that ordered? Yeah, there's obviously people, people yeah. in the church. It's not just a one individual. Mm-hmm. So, at at this point, though, I thought, well, I'm not going. There's um, a little. So, as he's interrogating her, she he uh, he finally leaves, right? And she kind of goes through a few memories. Right. Um, and and this is kind of when I was like, this is when her character is a little bit, um, I don't know if drawn out is the right word, but her character arc is um, given more detail, I think. And I like that. But, um, you know, it says like she fondly remembered nights sitting before um, this pond with swan swimming and her mother was there brushing her hair and uh, all this stuff you know so she um, she obviously loved her family her mm-hmm. mom and her dad yeah um, and at this point we're not thinking well she I, I i'm not at least thinking that she killed her dad right um, i don't at this point in the chapter i thought it's not her because she obviously loves her family I just, my question was, like, why is she acting like this, though? You know? Like, what's her, what's her reason for, for, like, like, completely just assuming that Ulrich is dead and, um, saying, she basically says, if it weren't for, like, this mandatory moment of, or this mandatory period of time of grief and bereavement, I would have already had myself coronated, you Mm -hmm. know? Maybe she's trying to get them off of his tracks. She she sent him to the prison. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So maybe she's like, well, I'm going to like try to just pronounce him dead as the queen, you know, because she thinks she's the queen now. 
so maybe she's thinking if i can if i can get everybody to believe me that he's dead then maybe that like a search for him or whatever is is going to be done and gone yeah that's a good point i think that's a really good point because she was very worried about him and people trying to find him and kill him um so i think that's a i think that's a valid reason for her to be acting like this it does make her a little bit suspicious though doesn't it yeah it kind of does um it wasn't until the last i mean the, the very end um I, I mean i don't i don't know what pace you want to give details but basically the end of this section says she's looking at the the blade that killed her father well, right? yeah so so first we have to talk about so percy braga asks her so her uncle percy who is like the archduke mm-hmm. Um, he asks her where the dagger is that was used mm-hmm. to kill Amrath. And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where it is. So it's missing. Yeah. And then you find out the very last, and she has it wrapped in this cloth. Her, her, so her father used to bring home um, hairbrushes for her from all of his state business. Um, whenever he was gone, he'd get her a nice hairbrush and bring it back for her. And he, she had this swan mirror that was on, it's on her dresser that her mom used to sit and um, brush her hair with the hairbrushes. And yeah. yeah, you get that feeling that she loves her family. And then she, she opens up this hope chest. And in this purple cloth that had once been used to carry home a um, gift of a hairbrush... Um, the dagger, which still has her dad's blood on it, is in this thing. So at this point, why does she need? Why does she have the dagger? You know. Yeah. It, she says <clears throat> one more job left for you to do. It's a little yeah. bit ominous, it's right? A, yeah. I, I mean, at first I was kind of like, "Ooh, that's kind of weird." Like, there was a hint that maybe she killed him, but but then I thought, uh, I don't know. I. I still didn't believe it at that point. I thought, no, she... I mean, I knew she was up to something. I don't know why she needs the dagger, but I knew she was up to something. I just didn't know what. Right. And I think it's plausible that maybe some readers at this point are thinking maybe she did do it because she knew that yeah. she knew that Hadrian and Royce were innocent. Yeah, But that's I, true. I guess at that point, too, why would there be any reason to save Ulrich? So, I mean... Pl- I think you're probably in the majority of people at this point saying, I don't know what she's up to, but I'm pretty certain she didn't have anything to do with the death of her dad, her father. So, and at that point we switch gears and the chapter changes perspective. And we are in the uh, perspective of, I think it's Hadrian. Is it Hadrian? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of them, Hadrian, I think. Yeah. So Hadrian, Royce, Ulrich, and Myron mm-hmm. come to a inn called the Silver Pitcher Inn. And uh, it's a simple cottage located on the outskirts of the province of Galilin. Um, and so they are, they're kind of, it's like on the outskirts of a, of a town, right? So it's kind of out there. Not much around it. They're kind of heading back towards Medford to get Ulrich home, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of busy. And Royce says that it seems like a busy place for so far out. And um, they had just ridden all day. They hadn't had much sleep, and they're really tired and hungry. Um, and so they get to the they get to the inn, and they. They sit down and uh, says, uh, Hadrian says, well, Majesty, you should be able to find your way back to the castle from here, if that's still your destination. It's about time I got back, Alaric told him, but uh, not before I eat. Does this place have decent food? Does it matter? Hadrian chuckled. I'd be happy for a bit of three-day ripe field mouse at this point. Come on. We can have at least (laughs) a last meal together, which, which, since you have no money on you, I'll be paying for. I hope you'll let me deduct it for my taxes. (laughs) 
And Royce just says, no, we'll just tack it on to expense of the job. You haven't forgotten this. You still owe us 100 tenants, have you? You'll get paid. And then Royce says, well, you won't mind if we send someone to come get it. Someone who doesn't know where we are. <laughs> so that serious. he's like, I- I'm not convinced that this guy isn't still going to try and find us and kill us when he gets back. So mm-hmm. maybe it'll be a good idea for us to just lay low for a while. And uh, yeah. he says, you're pretty paranoid. Ulrich says, you're pretty paranoid. And he says, well, there's not, not no such thing as being too paranoid. Oh, and then Myron. Oh, Myron. Myron. Myron's one of my favorite characters. He is so great. <laughs> Look! All three of them fearfully jumped at the sound of the outburst. There's a brown horse! I didn't know they came in brown. And he says, is, is there a blue one? What other colors do they come like, in? Is there a green or blue? I would so love to see Hilarious. a blue one. Oh, so he is so knowledgeable. He knows so much about so many things. And he has these these huge gaps. Yeah. Just everyday common knowledge, you know? Mm -hmm. His mind is a steel trap, and he's (laughs) completely clueless, which is so funny. I mean, it goes on for a second, too. Like, they go in, and he, I mean, this is like a culture shock to him. Going into a tavern like this, because he's used to, um, <clears throat> he's used to being in the in the abbey where like nobody's talking while they're eating. You know, there's very strict rules and they have a certain culture. And then he comes in and he's like, um, there were several accounts of of women being in these kind of taverns. And are there any here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has no idea what they look like. <laughs> Never seen a woman ever. And then, and Hadrian says no, and he replied sadly. <laughs> no, there's no women here. So he's just like, oh I've read, gosh. I've read stories. Does he say something about a body book that he read that had a woman in it or something? Maybe. It's yeah. Just, I, guys, I'm sorry. Were... I I accidentally read a chapter ahead. So if I say something that doesn't happen in this chapter, you'll have to forgive me. <clears throat> he basically says that there are several accounts of women in pages. Um, of these stories so i mean that's all yeah. he knows though yeah it's just funny and he knows i was nothing. hoping to see he knows a lot but oh i was hoping to see one do they keep them locked up as treasures <laughs> oh man yeah they all just laugh um, even so this is wonderful there's so much to see is it, it's what's that smell? It's not food, is it? Pipe smoke. Adrian explained. It probably was not a part popular activity at the Abbey. Oh man! <laughs> so they half so they sit down. They find a place to to eat, and uh, Hadrian goes to order something, and he runs into a friend of ours who decides to make a funny and says, "You should be more careful, my friend." A man whispered softly. Hadrian turned slowly and chuckled when he saw who it was. I don't have to, Albert. I have a shadow who watches my back. And then he gestures to Royce, who's like standing behind him, all menacing-like. And Albert's like, I was just making a joke. Like, I'm not really going to do anything. Because <laughs> you don't mess with Royce, man. Royce doesn't joke. It's true. Yeah. He's not a joking man. Yeah. So Albert is just this wealth of information. And he knows, he say he says that Medford has basically been put under lockdown, and they're raiding ta- taverns, <clears throat> bars, and inns in Medford. And he kind of just skipped town. He left. He was like, "Well, they started asking about these thieves that were mer- working out of the lower quarter, yeah. and they've shut they've shut down um, Medford House and the Rose and the Thorn." Mm-hmm. And so far as we know, Gwen and the girls are all still fine. They got roughed up a little bit, but nothing bad happened to them. They're just trying to find the thieves. Royce and Hadrian. <sighs> Excuse me. And um, Albert kind of just was like, I'm out of here. And he kind of skipped town. But they've yeah, been, been kind of just making raids further and further away from the city. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting next is 
you know, Royce, of course, asks, well, who are they? You know, who's who's doing this? Who are who's doing these raids? And then uh, Albert replies, some of them are royal guards, but some but they had a bunch of new friends as well. Um, and and we have an idea of who these new friends are. Friends from the church, right? Mm-hmm. Some somebody who's working for somebody yeah. other than the king. Yep. So that the that's kind of interesting to hear. Yeah. So Albert kind of thinks that he has the drop on them, saying that King Amrath is dead, and they're like, "Oh, really? <laughs> we didn't know that." And he kind of keeps yeah. glancing over at Alric and thinking, and you can kind of tell he's. Yeah. I think I know this guy from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's a noble, so I'm sure he would have seen him in passing occasionally, you know? Um, So he doesn't actually end up finding out who Ulrich is, but uh, he says, uh, so they get their food, and Royce keeps, let's see here, am I skipping too far ahead? Oh yeah, so this, this next little scene happens, and it... Um, the door opens, uh, the rear door opens, and some slim figure comes through the door and gets some food <clears throat> from the innkeeper. And we almost have a tavern brawl here on That's our hands. So we have one character named Drake. Drake, Drake's kind of a he's kind of a bum. You know, he's he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know, I think a it's a product of how he was raised. Yeah, That's probably true. So, so yeah, this... uh, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. I, I was just gonna say the burly little fellow comes over and um, you know Drake automatically knows that he's an elf, and this this guy he he's in this little the elf, he's in rag ragged cl- cloth. You know he he looks skinny. He just looks like a peasant, mm-hmm. and he's getting food in, in exchange for. Probably a little bit of money, money, I think, or something. And he's just getting food from the innkeeper. <clears throat> and Drake is just telling him to take off his hat so he can prove that he's an elf with his ears and stuff. And the innkeeper is defending him. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so apparently not everybody is this way towards elves. Right. Um, he's he's not... It's Drake wants wants to basically kill the elf right here because he thinks he's stealing money to get to pay for food. Um, yeah. And I don't honestly know where the guy got the money, but it seems like his life is pretty hard. He's. Yep. I mean, they're not slaves anymore, according to what we learn here. But they are pretty much treated like the scum of society, and uh, they aren't allowed to be part of society. They're not allowed to have jobs. They're basically kicked out of anywhere they go. So it's no wonder he has just rags for clothes. He's got a, they call it, they call his wife, his mate, like he's some kind of animal. And uh, he has, he has a wife and kids that they are living, living out in the forest. Mm -hmm. So there's nowhere for them to be. And he comes in once a week to get food from this innkeeper, and the innkeeper is kind enough to actually sell to this guy. He probably charges him an exorbitant amount as well. I can't imagine that he charges him fair prices. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to think so. But um, basically, he every he kind of calms the situation down. And, um. And then, uh, you know, the elf, the elf leaves, and and this is when Myron, God, Myron is like, was that really an elf? Yep, yep. He leaves, and the, well, they try to. He Drake almost has a fight, but the the, the innkeeper yeah. says, nope. The innkeeper's name is Hall. He says, nope. I said, leave, leave me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the elf leaves out the back door, and um, Albert says he pities them. They were slaves back in the days of the Empire. Did you know that? Well, actually, I... Myron started to be stopped short when he saw the sli- slight shake of Royce's head yeah. and the look on his face. 
why pity them, Allergast? They were no worse off than the serfs and villains we have today, and now they are free, which is more than the villains can say. So we learn a little bit about villains. The villains are bound to the land. Um, they can't leave, but they're not slaves. Um, and the elves have nothing. They're not allowed to be part of society. They can't work. They And you just saw what they had to go through to just to get food. Mm-hmm. And Royce is over here getting all sorts of mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, he... And we don't understand why yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm assuming he has some experience with them. <clears throat> I'm hoping to delve into that story, you know, that history, I guess. But what is your still is your theory about him being an elf still? Um, rumbling around in your head. I would like it to, but when when he took off his hat and he had like a thick set of hair with the pointed ears, I was like, well. Royce, I mean, unless Royce is wearing a hood, like a tight hood, twenty four seven, then I don't know. I mean, it, he does like his hood up, but no one has ever mentioned pointy ears on Royce. Yeah, and I think they would have noticed. Yeah, so I, I don't think I would like that too because that would be awesome, but <laughs> I don't think so. But I, I do think he has history with elves. And okay. So maybe an elf did something nice for him sometime or saved Could've, his life yeah. or something. Yeah. Seems something like a like lot. That. I don't know. Like, It seems like that's kind of a stretch for Royce's character, you know? Like, I can see him I mean, being attached was, to like one yeah, specific serious. elf. If like one specific elf had helped him out at one point in time. But the whole race as a, as a group and a population, for him to have that kind of attachment to, I... I mean, it's kind maybe, of a... maybe he was a slave when he was younger, so he just feels for that culture, you know, and that race. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Because that would make more sense. Because <laughs> then he's like, okay, well, they don't deserve that. And I didn't mm-hmm. deserve that, so. Yeah, and we find out a little bit about uh, Albert's backstory here, too, where he yeah. says he... Granddad Harlan Winslow lost the family plot when he <laughs> fell out of favor with the King of Warwick. Although, truth be told, I don't think it was ever anything to boast about. From what I heard, it was a rocky patch of dirt on the Burnham River. King Ethelred of Warwick gobbled it up a few years ago. Ah, oh, the stories my father told me about of grandfather's trials and tribulations <laughs> trying to live with the shame of being a landless noble. My dad inherited little money from him, but he squandered it trying to keep up the pretense he was still a wealthy nobleman. I myself have no problem swallowing my pride if it will fill my stomach. Uh, yeah, he and then he says, have we met before Alric? Or he just kind of says, you look familiar. Have we met before to Alric? And Alric says, maybe in passing. Um... And we find about a little bit about what's going on, and then here, here we have uh, Royce keeps looking out the window, nervously yeah. or furtively, you could say. And Hadrian kind of picks up on it, and he says, "All right." After the third time he looks, he says, "All right, buddy, what's going on?" And um, let's see. <clears throat> oh no he doesn't really ask he just kind of notices it so he looks out the window too and he can only see his own okay. face and then uh, Royce asks a pertinent question here when was the Rosenthorn raided Albert shrugged <laughs> two or three days ago I guess I meant what time of day oh evening at sunset I believe or just there after I suppose they wanted to catch the dinner crowd Albert paused and sat up suddenly as his expression of contentment faded into one of concern. Oh, uh, uh, I hate to eat and run, but if it's all right with you boys, I'm going to make myself scarce again. And he gets up and leaves <laughs> like quick as a freaking spit just out the door, back door. And uh, yeah. Alric says, what is it? He says, we have company. Everyone stay calm until we see which way the wind is blowing. <clears throat> so these guys come in and uh, they, it's like how many people? There's eight men. Eight, yeah. <clears throat> they look they, like they're they're bearing the Melangar uh, Falcon mm-hmm. on their yep. uniforms. 
Yep. In the name of the inn, this inn, in the name of the king, this inn, and all its occupants are to be searched. Those resisting or attempting to flee will be executed. So they kind of just sit there, and and uh, at this point, Alric says, uh, "It was a pleasure having your company, gentlemen." But it seems my escort is here because he's his intention now. Now that he's learned from Ezra Haddon, his intention now is to go back to Melangar, and these guys seem to be the ones to take him there. So he just kind of stands up and announces that he's yep. the king. And uh, they're like, oh, great. Well, we'll take you home. And he asks for a carriage. And they say, we don't have a carriage, but maybe we can commandeer one on the way back. Add you some decent clothes because you look like you're a mess. And um, Art says, okay. Now release these good people. Um, the soldiers do so. And uh, finds out this guy is Baron Tremble. Now at this point, did you did you recognize that name, Baron Tremble? Uh, I don't think so. No. It was an obscure reference. Um, uh, Trumbull was the guy that was in that was the, with the strangers in town uh, right before they got the job. Oh, really? Okay. Uh huh. Now that's a little bit. So if you if you if the reader is astute, they can probably put together this guy is bad news. Yeah. Because he's in town right when the king's killed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe not. As it happens, I was heading that way. You can therefore please the Archduke and me by providing escort. So Alric is on board with take, taking these guys up on taking them back to Medford and the castle. Yeah. That's where he was going anyways. And he asked, the Baron asked if it was just him that's alone with with that's traveling and he says, well, no, this monk is traveling with me. And he doesn't say that Royce and Hadrian are with him. And <laughs> Baron's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, no, it's just me. And he says, are you sure? <laughs> and he's like, if you question me one more time, I'm going to just, I'm in a good mood. So I'm going to let it go. But mm-hmm. like, if you question me one more time, it's not going to be good for you, buddy. And so yeah. he's like, all right, well, if it's not, um, if it's not, uh, if these guys aren't coming with you, why don't we get you guys a horse and we'll take off? Yeah. Oh boy. And they go. And then, uh, Hadrian is pretty astute, isn't he? He's a pretty, he knows his stuff about weapons, doesn't he? He does. Oh man. So Hadrian, uh, do you think we should follow them? Oh, don't start that. We did our good deed for this month. Two, in fact, if you count the wit. I'm content to just sit here and relax. Hadrian nodded and drained his mug of ale. They sat there in silence while he start, stared out the window, drumming his fingers restlessly on the table. What? Did you happen to notice the weapons the patrol was wearing? Why? Royce asked, irritated. Well, they were wearing Tilner rapiers instead of the standard falchion swords carried by the Medford Royal Guard. The rapiers had steel rather than iron tangs, but unmarked pommels. Either the royal army has upgraded their standards, or those men are hired mercenaries, most likely from eastern Warwick. Not exactly the kind of men you'd hire to augment a search party for a lost royalist king. And if I'm not mistaken, Trumbull is the name of the fellow Gwen pointed out as being suspicious in the Rose in the Thorn on the night before the murder. See, Roy said irritated, this is the problem with these good deeds of yours. They never end. <laughs> Hilarious. So you kind of get pick up cons- uh, context clues from this, saying they're oh they're gonna go after him because they're pretty sure these guys mean trouble, right? But this is the part. This goes back to Arista now, with Percy Braga. Well, actually, Braga's not there yet, but uh, she's in the in her tower room and she's uh, wait. She places the dagger on her windowsill, and it's she's got to wait for the moonlight to touch it. For some court kind of effect to happen. Yeah, she had gathered herbs and stuff that morning. She had gathered a root or something, a lock of hair from the, her father's head. So she's she's doing a spell. So she's, she's doing some real magic, baby. She's doing magic, Here it's we cool. Go. And, and and we don't know why yet. I mean, we don't understand why, but we know that she's up to something. Yeah, she knows some tricks. Further detail. 
Um, and then Percy arrives again. <laughs> Knocks on her door. She Percy. kind of flips out and uh, closes the curtains on that one window with the dagger on the windowsill. Yeah. And uh, Percy comes in to basically interrogate her about what she's doing. And I don't know. It seems like he might have good intentions, you know? But the longer this conversation progresses, the more sinister it seems, you know? Yeah, he just continues. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into details. It's kind of like the same stuff, though. It's just questioning her about um, if she feels like she's still in the family and why is she not mourning Mm -hmm. with the others you know she's kind of acting like everything's okay and whatnot and he's you know he he just is wondering why right and he asks her you know um he's kind of just like wandering around her room while she sits on the bed and he's kind of just being he's being a little bit of a jerk about he's yeah, we we know at this point that he's looking for something. Uh-huh. We can almost, I mean, I think we know. We know he's looking for the dagger or some evidence. Because mm-hmm. at this point, we know he's suspicious of Arista. So. So, uh, yeah, and he says, she says, I'm trying to stay busy. And he says, um well, that's another thing. You're very busy, but you are not trying to find your father's killer. I would be if I were you. Isn't that your job? It is. Mm-hmm. I have been working continuously without sleep for days, I assure you. Much of my focus, however, as should, as you should know, has been on finding your brother in the hopes of saving his life. I hope you can understand my priorities. You, on the other hand, seem to have do little despite being the acting queen, as you call yourself. Did you come up here to accuse me of being lazy? Riss asked. Have you been lazy? I doubt it. I expect you've been hard at work these past few weeks, days, perhaps weeks. Are you suggesting that I killed my father? I only ask because that would be a very dangerous thing to suggest. I'm not suggesting anything, Your Highness. I'm merely trying to determine why you have shown so little sadness at the passing of your father and so little concern for the welfare of your brother. Tell me, dear. Tell me, dear niece, what were you doing in the oak grove this afternoon, returning with a covered basket? I also heard you were pettering around the kitchen pantry. You've had me followed. <laughs> so he's kind of on to her. And at this point, he says, uh, sounds like you've been making something. You're making a recipe for something. He's like, so I did a little bit of research. And I know that I, I didn't approve of you going to Sheridan University. Uh, and I thought it was stupid of your father to let you go. A woman, an educated woman? Come on. That's ridiculous. And... Uh, Arcadius, the professor there, is a magician, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's pretty much all he is. He's just a magician that teaches them tricks, you know, tricks of sleight of hand and mm-hmm. that, that kind of magic, you know. It's not real magic. No. And uh, people might think you're a witch. Uh, he says... <laughs> It didn't really matter. It wasn't such a terrible thing. After all, Arcadius is harmless, isn't he? What could he teach you? Card tricks? How to remove warts? At at least, that was all I thought he could teach you. But as of late, I have become concerned. Perhaps he did teach you something of value. Perhaps he taught you a name. Ezra Haddon? Uh Uh-oh. He's on to her. So yeah, she did. So And now we find out that she went to see Ezra Haddon without her father's permission. Learned yeah. from him without permission from anyone. And uh, he says, well, you he taught you magic. He taught you black magic. Am I right? And she doesn't respond to that. Mm-hmm. What did he teach you, I wonder? Certainly not party tricks or sleight of hand. He probably didn't show you how to call down lightning or how to split the earth. But I'm sure he taught you simple things. Simple yet useful things, didn't he? And then she kind of makes a poor attempt to conceal her worry. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And she, uh, uh, he kind of looks around the room at this point and he says, where, what happened to the dagger? 
Arista, and she says, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I already told you that. And uh, he says, you betrayed your father. You betrayed your brother. Now you would betray me as well with the same dagger. Did you really think me such a fool? Arista looked toward the window and could see, even through the heavy curtain, that moonlight had finally reached it. Braga followed her glance, and a puzzled expression washed over his face. Why does only one window have its curtains drawn? He turned, grabbed the drape, and threw it back, revealing the dagger. Bathed in that was moonlight. a mistake on her part. You yep. can't look at the window that's got your dagger, you know? Come on, dude. Yeah, like... She's obviously not super disciplined with, like, her emotions at this no, point. Yeah. Maybe she will be eventually. I don't know. I kind of like... Oh, excuse me. I keep yawning. Uh, must be tired or no, something. You're good. Uh, I kind of like story arcs that have character development that way where they get better control of theirs themselves. Um, yeah. I don't know if Arista comes uh, develops in that way, but we'll see. Uh, he turned, grabbed the drape, and he stares at the sight on it, staggered the sight of it, and Arista knew the spell had worked its magic. So her spell has worked, but we don't get to know what it is yet, because now it's Alric's perspective. That's right. <clears throat> and this part is so great. This part is awesome. It's my favorite part of the chapter, I think. Yeah, this part is just amazing. So, basically, we find Ulrich um, traveling with these soldiers. Him and him and Myron are just traveling down, and uh, just another cold night. Nothing's going on. Um, and they're they're probably. They're probably pretty tired of traveling at this point, I'd assume. <laughs> oh yeah. But anyways, you know, Ulrich's mind was set. He was, he's going. You know, he's going to uh, back to the kingdom. Um, and this is when things get kind of, kind of interesting. So yeah. Trumbull and five soldiers rode up beside Ulrich. Um, two of them dismounted and took hold of the bridles of their horses. And that's when I was like, okay. Nobody does that, you know that. That's that's the major red flag when they have control of your horse, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have got soldiers around you. That's that's a bit fishy. Yeah, yeah. So he can't take they can't bolt and take off. Yeah. Um, Alric says, "Why have we stopped? Why have the men split up? It's a treacherous road, Your Majesty. We need to take precautions." Trumbull explained. Vanguards and rearguards are necessary when escorting one such as you. During times such as these, any number of dangers might exist out there on dark nights. Highwomen, goblins, wolves. There's even a legend of a headless ghost that haunts this road. Did you know that? I liked this. <laughs> I like Trumbull. Like, he's a he's a jerk. He is, but yeah. but I like him. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's pretty cool. Uh, for for his his. His little story that he decides to come up with about about Alric. He's just trying to scare him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alric's starting to get a little bit annoyed with the casual tone that uh, he has. And yeah. um, oh yes, they say it's the ghost of a king who died at this very spot. Of course. He really he wasn't really a king, just a crown prince who might have worn the crown one day. You see, as the tale goes, the prince was returning home one night in the company of his brave soldiers when one of them took it upon himself to chop the poor bastard's head off and put it in a sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just like this one here, and he pulls it back off of his horse. Yep. At this point, maybe Ulrich should be thinking, uh... uh get but... off. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, Trumbull's basically playing with his food, you know, not food, but he, uh-huh, you, get, you know, yeah. playing with his prey, I guess. He's he's pretty uh, meticulous. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he just wants to. He calls him he your royal to, high and mightiness. <laughs> yeah, he kind of wants to just instill fear into him before uh, before they do anything. Yeah, um, and that's where he drops pretenses and says, dude, I'm going to kill you. You're dead. You're basically dead. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about it. I'm going to kill you. Um, I only need you to return part of your you. Your head will do fine. It saves the horses the effort of carrying you the entire way. 
And he says, at this point, he he's holding all the cards, right? My, Myron and yeah. him are kind of stuck there. They don't have control of their horses anymore. Alderic spurred his mount, but the man with the reins held it firmly, and the horse pivoted. Hearst only pivoted sharply. Trumbull took advantage of the animal's set alert <clears throat> and pulled the prince to the ground. So now Alaric is not on his horse anymore. He tries no. to draw a sword, but Trumbull kicks him in the stomach, and uh, Alaric doubles over. Not looking good for, for the prince here. No, it is not. And then, this is when things get pretty... I mean, it's already kind of dark, but things get even worse. <laughs> uh-huh. He goes to Myron, <clears throat> who's sitting shocked, you know. Uh-huh. And he's like, you look familiar. You know, and he pulls him off of the horse, and he holds he holds his head toward the moonlight. Um, and he says, you were the not-so-helpful monk at the abbey we burned. <laughs> yeah, so he was oh, there when they burned gosh. the abbey. Yeah. You're just like, oh, oh, I don't like yeah. this guy. This guy was there, like... And Myron just mm-hmm. starts crying. Yep, and he says, I don't know if I should kill you or not. I was originally told to spare your life so you could deliver a message to your father, but you don't seem to be heading that way. Um, I mean, so basically, he says, so it seems what I do is completely at my discretion. Mm-hmm. Which means, uh, I mean, it'll probably kill him, you know. And Myron kicks him. And yeah, bolts into the woods. Good job, Myron. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good job, yeah, Myron. Myron. Good work. You've done it good. <laughs> Went into the bolted into the darkness of the trees. Of course, um, he screams to for a few of the soldiers to go get him. Um, so they chase after him, and then his yep. attention is then back on Ulrich. Yep, two soldiers go after Myron, <clears throat> and uh, commotion erupted in the trees. Ulrich heard Myron's cry for oh, help, right. followed by the sound of a sword drawn from a scabbard. Another scream ended as quickly as it began, cut abruptly short. The silence returned, still holding his leg. Trumbull cursed the monk. That will teach the little wretch. Oh, man. Did My- did Myron die here? Uh, what are you thinking I, right now? What are you thinking at right this now? Point, at, at this point, I, I knew that Hadrian and Royce were on their tail, so I'd, <laughs> I, I knew that it was them. Uh, you know... It's kind of you, did, you mean, didn't have any concern for Myron at this point. No, I didn't. I I don't. I really didn't. I knew that. I kind of like had it in my mind that like they were hiding in the bushes, and when Myron ran off, that sword and the scream didn't come from Myron. It came from the soldier. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. But like, I didn't. That when I read this, I did not cross my mind. I oh, really yeah. thought that Myron had been killed. I was very sad. I was like, oh, no, Myron. Oh, no. My, my favorite was, person. But... My favorite person was just killed. Yeah. I would have been so, like, you're right, though, of course. Uh, so he he won't be kicking anyone anymore. Yeah. Another shoulder, soldier added. <laughs> uh, so he gets to his feet. Make sure he doesn't cause me trouble, boys. So they get Ulrich's arms. They push him in the dirt. And uh, this is treatment that Alric had never even considered oh, yeah. a possibility. If you kill me, my uncle will hunt you down no matter where you try to hide. Trumbull chuckled at the young prince. Your uncle is the one who will pay us for your head. He wants you dead. What? You lie. Believe what you will, the Baron laughed. <clears throat> Turn him over so I can clear can I so I can get a clear stroke at the back of his neck. I want a pretty trophy. I hate it when I ha- end up having to hack and hack. <laughs> so dark. Oh, yeah. Reminds me of that scene in but, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, for sure. But we learn it's Percy. It's Percy, yeah. that, that yep. little creep. There <laughs> it is. There we go. We know now. There it is. It's him. So you now you're a little you... bit more concerned about Arista. Yeah, we kind of knew that he, he was a little bit fishy, you know, with his conversations with Arista, but now we know. Uh-huh. So... Oh, well, he has, and Trumbull has no reason to to lie. He's holding all the cards, like oh, I yeah, said earlier. He's not gonna. He doesn't care. Yeah. Alric is dead, pretty much at this point. So he's like, <clears throat> yeah. no, no reason to not to tell him that Percy Braga is the one who's after him. And yep. at this point, uh, the uh, two two 
the two soldiers come back from the road. It took you two a long time to kill that little monk, but you got back just in time for the night's finale. The two soldiers holding Alaric twisted his arms hard to keep him from moving. The prince struggled with all his strength, screaming into the dirt. No, stop, you can't, stop. His efforts were useless. The soldiers had each, each had a firm grip, and years of wielding swords and shields in battle had turned their arms to steel. The prince was no match for them. Oh, man. So they... He waits for the blow, uh, but and he waits to hear the sound of the blade whistling through the air, but he heard an odd gurgle, then a thud. And uh, the blow doesn't come. <laughs> the guards loosen their hold on him. One look go entirely, and Arlick, Ar, Ar, Alric heard his rapid footfalls as he sprinted away. Something's going on here. The Baron lay dead on the ground. Two men stood on either side of the body. And at this point, you realize it's Royce and Hadrian. And go. Royce has this dagger. And this is the first time we see the dagger that he has. Yeah, it is. And it's cool. Seems to, seems to glow with an airy radiance in the moonlight. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Royce's dagger is sick. Yeah. yeah. He has he has this legendary weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Everyone over here, shouted the soldier, who still shielded himself with Alric. The two guards holding the horses dropped the reins and drew their swords. Their faces, however, betrayed their fear. Myron climbed out of the woods and stood in the moonlight, his rapid breath forming little clouds in the cold night air. Alric heard Royce's voice. Royce's voice. Your friends aren't coming. They're already dead. Oh, man. <laughs> the two guards wielding swords looked at each other, then raced down the road in the direction of the Silver Pitcher Inn. The last remaining soldier holding Alric looked around wildly. As Royce and Hadrian took a stride toward him, he cursed abruptly, let go of the prince, and bolted. <laughs> they were going to kill Smart me! Smart choice. They were going to kill me! He screamed. Oh, man, he's shook. Oh, yeah, he's super shook. So, <clears throat> at this point, they're kind of they're kind of just stand there, and, and um, a bunch of <laughs> he... people come back. What? Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, he draws his father's sword and drives it into... Trumbull's chest. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. He's just so like so know, mad. The guy's already dead. The guy's yeah. already dead, but he's he goes one further and stabs him again. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that's when that's when the people show up from the silver pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the whole group, of, the whole crowd that was at the silver pitcher in shows up, and uh, not a single one got past us. So they basically they killed all the soldiers, all the people that were in the party trying to yeah. kidnap and kill Alric uh, are dead. And uh, it looks like they made a deal with them that said if they would help them, Hadrian had promised them that they can keep all the stuff that these guys had. Yep. Um, but you got to bury the bodies tonight, otherwise there will probably be some trouble in the morning. So they they're going to take care of the bodies. Um. They're kind of in awe that they just saved the King of Melangar's life. Yeah, yeah Alric for sure. is so shook. Some of them, bow, some of them bows, some of them bow, and he doesn't even notice. Um, so they, there's a lot of animals, weapons, and gear, and Hall starts to <laughs> divvy out, divvy out the loot, and uh, Royce says to give one of the elves, give the elf one of the horses, and the elf. <laughs> actually saw one of the guys running away in the darkness and they were able to catch him because they had that elf with them. Yeah. And uh, Drake, Drake, oh, freaking Drake, man. Listen, we all fought equally tonight. He can have a share like everyone, but that miserable filth ain't walking off with no horse. Don't kill him, <laughs> Royce. Adrian said earlier. Really. I love that. <laughs> oh, man, because he just knows his partner. Royce yeah. is going to kill him. He's going to kill him. Yeah. The prince looked up to see Drake backing up as Royce took a step toward him. The thief's face was eerily calm, but his eyes smoldered. <laughs> oh, man. What does the king say, Drake Just asked quietly. Hilarious. I mean, he is the king and all, right? Technically, them is his, them's is his horses. His soldiers was riding them. We could just ask him to decide, okay? And Alric just kind of goes through his head and just, he's freaking out, man. He's like, what is going on? And uh, I love this. Do whatever these two men tell you to do. 
he said slowly, clearly, coldly. They are my royal protectors. Any man who willfully disobeys them will be executed. (laughs) Oh, man. He loves them. Yeah, he does. They're good guys, man. Royce and Hadrian, common thieves. He he would be dead. He would be dead multiple times without him. Mm -hmm. So they go. They take off. He and Royce and Hadrian and and Myron. They go, and he says, we're going to go to... Um. Oh yeah, so we find out a little bit. So I've been thinking about that. That Hadrian mentioned the Archduke stands next oh, in yeah. line for the throne after you and Arista. But being family, I figured he'd just be a big target, just be as big a target as you. Only he's not a blood uncle, is he? His last name is Braga, not Essendon. He married my mother's sister. Is she alive? No, she died years ago in a fire. Ulrich slammed his fist on the saddle's pommel. He taught me the blade. He showed me how to ride. He's my uncle, and he's trying to kill me. Ugh. So, that's interesting. So, we know that the church was trying to kill the Essendon line because it's rumored that they are heirs of Novron. Right? So, Braga wouldn't have the same target on his back because he's not of the Essendon bloodline. Exactly. Um... Ulrich shook his head as if coming out of a dream. What? Oh, we're going to Drondel Fields, Count Pickering's castle. He is, was one of my father's most trusted nobles and our closest friends. He's also the most powerful leader in the kingdom. I'll raise an army from there and march on Medford within a week. And Murabor help the man or uncle who tries to stop me. Oh boy, he's mad. He's mad. We got a mad princeling on our hands. It's true. And our final short little segment yep we go back to arista that also reveals or i guess and closes our revealings (laughs) yep so we have our reveal finally uncovered who is it that tries to kill and uh it's that's the thing about these books is you're you're like not even halfway done with the whole book of theft of swords and um we're getting close to the end of the first book, the, cons- the Crown Conspiracy, right? And yeah. it's its own book, and it, re- it clearly is written to be its own story because, you know, we've gone this far into it, and we still only now... I think there's only one or two chapters left in this book. Um, uh-huh. Drondel Fields, and then Trials, and then, let's see... Drondel Fields is pretty long. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Trials. Come on. Come on. Scroll faster. Oh, and then Rescuers. Yeah. Yeah, so we got, I mean, I think maybe three chapters left. No, Coronation Day. Four chapters left of this. Oh, nice. And then we're halfway done with the book. Um, so, yeah, we have Arista up in the tower, talking to Percy Braga, and what is on what is on the uh, on the blade? The dagger, yeah, that was so shocking. Percy Braga, his name clearly spelled out on the blade in her father's blood. So yeah, kind of dark magic. I mean, that's you know, seems dark to me, but honestly, Uh I think at this point, she was like, even if it's dark magic, I'm going to use it because I need to know. Mm-hmm. So. It seems a little bit dark, yeah, spelling the murderer's name out in <laughs> blood on the murder yeah. weapon. Well, cool. It is kind of cool. This, however, proves nothing. I certainly didn't stab your father with it. It wasn't. I wasn't even near the chapel when he was killed. But you ordered it. You might not have driven the dagger into his body, but you were the one responsible. Arista wiped tears from her eyes. He trusted you. We all trusted you. You were part of the, our family. Oh, and he says, there are some things more important than family, my dear. Secrets, terrible secrets, which will remain hidden at all costs. As hard as it may be for you to believe, I do care for you, your brother, and your... Don't you dare say it. You murdered my father. It was necessary. If you only knew the truth, you under, you'd understand what the tru- what is truly at stake. There are reasons why your father had to die, and Ulrich as well. And me? Yes, I'm afraid so. But these matters must be handled delicately. 
And he goes into this plot to say, oh, well, you've actually set it up really nicely because you're alone in this tower sequestering yourself. Mm-hmm. Practice, And it's already well rumored that you're a witch. Um, so we will uh, we'll just blame the murders on you and witchcraft, charge you for high treason and witchcraft, and burn you at the stake. Yeah, pretty much. She said, you won't dare. If you put me before the nobles, I'll tell them the truth. Um, and he basically just says, yeah, you're a witch and we can't allow you to cast spells on us. Um, I would have your tongue cut out now, except that it might look suspicious. <laughs> yep. So basically he's holding all the cards mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. So he has her locked in her room. That bearded dwarf locks him, locks her in her room again. Smashes it with a hammer. Some, probably some nail through the thing. I, I don't know what he does, but. Mm-hmm. But they lock her in, so she is locked in that tower. Yep, and he's ironic. A... So ironic. I know. A princess locked in a tower. Right. Classic. Classic. <laughs> there you go. That that trope. Fantasy, right? But it's done in such a way that you know it's not going with the trope, but kind of like is. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's That's all I'm good. gonna say. It's like it's a, <laughs> it's a twist on a popular tale. You know? It is. Yeah, it's cool. So she's she's it. trapped by a dragon, Percy Braga. In her tower. <laughs> yeah. And she brushes her hair with all these hairbrushes. It's like a little mini Rapunzel story, almost. It really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so he takes a dagger, and uh, he says to her that it'll be a, probably a really short trial. Everyone will believe that uh, you're a witch. And I don't imagine that it will take long to get everyone's approval for your execution. Anyways, peace. We'll lock you in here. Gal. And that's the end of the chapter. That Boom. is great chapter. Fun. Revelations fun by chapter. Moonlight. Oh, yeah. It's a fun one. I think you're going to like the next one. Uh, I think no, if not as much, uh, maybe a little bit more than this one. Really? Cool. Uh, I, will, I will just give you one little hint. We see Hadrian do some actual fighting. Right on. It's not, I, I guess, sparring would be a, would be a better term for it. Uh-huh. Um, it's one That's of my sweet. favorite scenes. One of my favorite Hadrian scenes. Every time I read it, I just get super happy. <laughs> I'm excited because that was a that was a really fun chapter, and it, it, I mean it. It was fun, but it was also just so good for the story to continue and to have what's actually well, what's going on so far, and things that are revealed to us it's just cool it's great so if we were to recap do a quick like recap on the on the plot of this story the major major players are the church of nephron yep melangar the kingdom uh i guess you could say warwick kingdom of warwick kingdom of warwick uh-huh um and then we got so that and, and like this missing heir of Novron, the idea that this heir is out there, and the church is trying to find him, and then we have Ezra Haddon, who is trying to find him as well. So it's kind of a race between the church and Ezra Haddon to find the heir, and uh, either save him or kill him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, according to everything that we've read so far, the church is really trying to kill the heir of Novron for some reason, which we don't understand. Nope. So we first yeah. thought that they were trying to save him or find him to worship him, but they're, Ezra, according to Ezra Haddon, they're trying to kill him. Yeah, and according to what we've learned about, because I mean, we and with the yeah, and with the church going after all residents, Arista. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. And there's secrets, terrible secrets that should never be yeah, known. Who knows? What do you so think? We don't even we don't even know the full story yet. That's the thing. No. no. So. There's some reveals to come that will blow your mind, for sure. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to 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 get there with you and with all of our listeners, however sure there, many there may be by the time we get to this the end of this book. Um. Again, sorry that we're late on releasing this. I will get it edited and out um, by the end of today. Let's see. You can you can always tweet at us. The handle is at my fantasy feast. You can email me too. Actually, I set up an email account. Um, you can email us with questions or suggestions or things that you'd like to see on the show. 
Um, and that is the fantasy feast podcast at gmail.com. Um, and I do check that regularly. I don't think I've received any emails for it um, as of yet, but if you're a fan of the show and uh, you like our content, you can go ahead and uh, also give us a review on iTunes. That will help us get the word out uh, that we're doing this. And that if you if you if you just love these books too, uh, give us a shout out. We'd love to hear from you. Definitely. That's about all I have to say. Nice. Cajun, you got yeah. anything else to add? No, I'm looking forward to um, the next chapter, Drondel Fields. I'm excited to see what happens. So. All right. Well. Peace Thanks out, for listening, y'all. guys. Thanks for listening. This has been the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Talk to you later, guys. Right on.